Hey guys, it's Josh, and welcome back to another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today are two amazing guests to help me talk about something that is super important to me and them, and hopefully a couple other people listening. Today, we're going to be talking about men being vulnerable with themselves, with those around them, and their partners. You may recognize one of my guests from episode three, Fear, Lust, First Love. If not, go check it out. That was an amazing episode we had. Um, Also kind of dealt with vulnerability a lot. And a new voice coming to you across the airwaves, Philip Mangan. I met Philip and we just bonded over how we both kind of are open and vulnerable with ourselves and others and how people are attracted. So I had to have him on. I had to have Brother Burner back on. And what you're about to hear is just three guys sitting around talking about their feelings. So hope you enjoy that. Also, hope you had an amazing 4th of July. You know, and for most of us, we got an extra bonus day tacked on. So I know you're sleeping in. So enjoy this whenever you guys get up. Let's get into it. Uh, I'll start with you, Philip, since you're the newer one. All right. Well, first off, appreciate uh, you having me on. Um, it's my pleasure to connect with you guys. And uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I am a model and a health and wellness coach, um, amongst many other labels, if you want to, um, you know, me to name them. But I, I think uh, the best label I can put on myself is a person that's interested in just self-growth and uh, developing myself um, in a better way uh, throughout my life. And uh, I really kind of started that journey uh, more so about, uh, I'd say probably about six or seven years ago. And uh, it really kind of, you know, carrying along with my life. And I had this little greater desire for more. And uh, I was in just a very, um, not a bad place, I would say, but I just wanted more. And I think uh, whatever that meant, maybe I didn't know at the time, but I think uh, it was great to have that desire. And when you open one door, it leads to the next and the next. And uh, if I would have told you, you know, six or seven years ago that I'd be in this place speaking about, you know, the things that I've learned along the way, I would have never guessed that. So uh, there's a lot if you want to know, but, you know, I just am very passionate about um, helping people. That's the main thing is uh, bestowing them the information that I've learned along the way and helping them um, really connect to their inner self in in the best way possible. Because I believe when you are connected to your inner self, anything becomes possible. Listen, I always like to say that there's what you plan and then there's what's what's reality. Um, no matter how big or small of plan we like see ourselves living, there's no way to tell what's actually going to happen two seconds from now. So uh, I think that it's amazing that you just, you follow whatever door is in front of you and you just move forward. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's powerful when you open one. I think that gives you the confidence to keep opening them. So it's uh, all it takes is that, that initial step forward. And then you realize the possibilities that exist. And, you know, I think that's what the beauty of life is about. We don't know how things are going to unfold, unfold. If we knew then it wouldn't be exciting. It would just be, you know, life, it would be bland. Right. So I think the factors that come into play with the fear and the uncertainty and all that, if everything was certain, what fun would that be? 
you know, life is a box of chocolates. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Andrew, uh, go ahead. And uh, I know you've done this already, but just for the new folks tuning in, go ahead and give us a little rundown about you. What's your backstory? Sure. Um, my name's Andrew Burner. I'm originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I am a staff chaplain. Uh, I've been a staff chaplain now like seven years. Um, I've worked in the clinical side um, as well as uh, work for University Appalachian State University. Um, one of the things that, that I enjoy the most about this opportunity is you get to meet people where they're at. You never know exactly what's going to happen. Um, for someone like myself, I like that change up. Uh, when people hear a lot of times that I'm a chaplain, they say, oh, my God, that sounds awful. You know, you just you deal with death and so many horrible things regularly. And it's true. Uh, Josh and I work at uh, top 10 busiest EDs in the country. Uh, and so we see a lot. But some of those moments are so holy and sacred that I don't think they'll ever escape me for the entirety of my life. And so it's something that draws you to those moments. Um, and oddly enough, I think, um, was it was it Philip? Yes. Yeah, I think Philip said something that, that I've been able to experience that I think is uh, very true. You, you start opening certain doors in your life, even if it's one. Uh, there's a certain confidence and fortitude that begins to uh, to be galvanized internally uh, that propels you forward. And so uh, a lot of my um, a lot of my job is service to humanity, but in many ways it's also a service to myself. Um, you know, I, again, I describe our job as <laughs> there's a there's a house that's on fire and everyone else gets to run out, but we have to walk in there. And I think that's a skill set and something that all of us need to be very aware of and be prepared for because life happens in a plethora of different ways. And, uh, you know, whether you're a custodian, a teacher, a fitness life coach, or a chaplain, opening those doors reveals to us who we are and we're able to service not only others, but something internally so that we can be our best self. And so, um, I think that's one of the key components of being vulnerable, right? Being willing to open certain doors that are typically left closed. They say what's done in the dark never comes to light. But I was like, sometimes you, you have to open that door, turn that light on and shed some, shed some light on the things that we don't always want to share with people, um, that we keep tucked away, that we're afraid that we might be judged for if people knew. You know, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, there's been some dark days where I, I had to dive deep um, to pull out things um, that I overlooked for so long. And I think when you face your true self, um, you're able to become your most powerful self. Uh, I think that's and that's something that most people don't want to do though because it's scary to face your true self uh it's definitely not the norm and uh it's work it's easy to kind of just you know go with the flow of life and and not like look inner in inside of ourselves and uh 
and we let all the other noise inside instead. But that's, I mean, that's a big reason why I operate the way I do now too, is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I take the time to, um, to do like a journal every day. I take the first hour of my day where I don't let the noise in, you know, I don't touch my phone. I go in a journal and I sit in, you know, quiet time. You know, some people call, I don't call it meditation, but it's a form of meditation. You know, I do my, my yoga and I go sit out by the beach, but that allows me to connect to myself to where I can always constantly see if something's off. And I think that's the thing. And most people aren't, they, they don't take the time to do that. So how can you know where you need to go if you're not listening to yourself? That makes, it makes so much sense. And what you said right there is something that so many people gloss over. Um, they think that they have to be defined by all these external variables when really the only thing that really matters is how are you feeling in this moment? How is what you're doing affecting your happiness or getting you closer to your fulfillment? So I, like I said, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, that's why I don't even like to announce myself, even though like I, I'm fine with announcing myself as like a model and all these different things. Um, one thing that I really kind of, uh, grabbed hold of this year was like, like, what am I, am I just trying to hide behind these labels? Or am I, you know, am I going to broaden myself up into and share, share my vulnerable self with people and uh, all parts of me, not just these, what these labels say that I am. And I, I think we often kind of look for that, that like the status that we are and that's, that means success or this or that. But I think success is, is really aligning with yourself and uh, being content with uh Simplicity. I, I agree. Um, because like you said, so often people look to titles or status to justify or measure their level of success when all of that's really relative, you know? Uh, so many people didn't appreciate Shakespeare or Van Gogh in their times, but now they're thought to be iconic. Um, but all they did was stand true to their principles and their beliefs, followed their passions. And while in that moment, they might not have been appreciated over time, people started to understand their work. So I, I, that's, that's always how I view my life is in every moment. There are, there are a plethora of people who are always peeved at me, but, um, all I can do is do what makes me happy and keep trucking forward because we, we get way down when we try to fit into other people's expectations and we hide or limit ourselves. I feel like that's actually the stem or root of where most of our vulnerability arises. Like from such a young age, I feel like especially young boys were they're taught not to cry or they're taught to become this mochismo man when in all reality, everything that you feel is valid and doesn't make you any more or less the person that you are. You know, that's, that's what I think. Ah, I mean, I, I totally, I 
totally believe that. I mean, I think that's we we are being told from you know birth basically to to act one way, and then we we want to portray ourselves. We think that I mean everything that I think human beings do, we we do because we want to be loved, and I think you know especially when it goes into relationships with people, especially um, you know if you're dating someone. It's 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 easy to to lose yourself because you want to feel loved, or even when it comes to a job, it's easy to lose yourself because you think this is this is love. If if you get this success, that means people love you. But I I honestly wholeheartedly believe that the real love is staying true to you and not not losing yourself in in the process of uh, of life and. I've, I mean, I've definitely found myself in places where I knew something was off, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But now, like, that I'm past it, I can come back and be like, oh, well, that's because I wasn't being true to me. I wasn't being my true self. I wasn't opening up on a level that I was trying to be loved by, like, I just wanted love. I, and But in reality, you know, if we if we love ourselves on a greater scale and we channel that self-love... I think that's what allows us to go into those relationships and life in general without losing ourselves. So the more love we give ourselves and um, connected that we are in that way, then we can show up um, for those those other things and, and it won't shake us if we're not getting the response that we desire. There's a lot of work with self that I feel like people are just now starting to realize is important or they nobody really told told us at least told me this growing up the how much you really have to check in with yourself um to make it through the day uh because we're just taught like hey like you just have a job to do and then you like have to be like active in family like you know like they just say here's some staples of adulthood or of life and then like just go free but there's so much other small intricate stuff that goes along with that that we're not coached for and all of a sudden when we're on our own we really have to figure out so much more it's like we're toddlers again like we're like newborns all over again trying to rediscover what our identity is supposed to be now that we're on our own so to speak it's such a um it's such a rabbit hole and such an endless siege to chase these caricatures um, and these ideals that we're taught at a young age that we should be. You know, I was having a conversation with um, my pastor back home, and he referred uh, to a, a theologian that we enjoy, Spurgeon. And he was saying that um, he has, in one of his books, he, he likens our growth in life to little kids when we're in our our parents' closets and we're trying on their clothes. He said, you know, sometimes, you know, kids will dress up they'll, uh, for Halloween, they'll be a firefighter or they'll be a lawyer or they'll get into, uh, you know, a little girl will get into her mom's outfit and she'll be a nurse or something. But in life, he, in his writing, he talks about we, we are playing dress up, we're putting on clothes and we're trying to figure out what fits what works for us. And I see that in a lot of ways um, 
in my profession, um, when when individuals come in that obviously they didn't expect to be in traumatic situations, I've witnessed adults, 40, 50, 60, even younger, but uh, showing you the age range where something traumatic happens and they go back to when they were a child. Yes. And it's a, it's a very different very different degree of vulnerability that's experienced in that moment. One, because they're dealing with the shock of the event. But two, they're now in a position where they need to be cared for with someone that they don't have intimacy with. And so that right there is jolting. But three, you get to see them at their purest, the purest person they are because they need resources. They need to be cared for. And now you're getting to deal with that child, that person, and whatever, a lot of times that they haven't dealt with, it comes out. And so as we, we kind of talked around doing that work with the inner self and loving self, uh, the reason that I say that it's an it's a endless rabbit hole and, and, and empty sieges, uh, from the moment that we are born, we come into a world that although beautiful, uh, in a good way and in, in some bad ways, begins to project ideals of who we should be and what clothes we should wear. And the sad thing that I've witnessed is people spend more time in their lives trying to undress and take off clothes that they were never meant to wear and don't fit them than they do putting on clothes in a healthy way so that they can figure out what's the best outfit for them. You know, Brother Burnett, I say this every time we get together. I love this man. He has such an eloquent way with words and ideas that I, that never come across my mind. But once you hear them, it they're so vividly painted that it just makes sense. Since we're we're we're, we're kind of focusing on men being vulnerable and open in their uh, in this space, I'll, I'll 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 generalize it. So often, I feel like men always feel like they need to wear these power suits, you know that of their their dad, their their parents, their grandparents, you know, when when that's not the case, like a suit doesn't doesn't meet, make you professional. It doesn't, def- man, like what you said, there's so much there. Like my brain is just trying to unpack it all, like tear that present apart, you know, like I, I don't even know how to attack it. There's, um, like I said, I just feel like we, we force ourselves to wear these outfits. Um, in my head, it's, it's a suit because we're always drilled in like every man needs every young man, every adult man, no matter how old you're, you need a suit, you know, one for business, one for pleasure and one just in case you have something special going on. Um, but I was like, does the suit really make the man? Um, and like you were saying, like maybe we weren't meant to wear that suit, you know, I was like, maybe we were meant to just be a little business cash or not even wear it, you know, not wear a suit at all, you know? Maybe we don't need a tie, um, man. That's just it's that's deep right there. You know, I'm thankful for kids because I, I my 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 niece has made me a great uncle. She has four kids. Um, I've got like ten nieces and nephews. So I, I tell people all the time, I don't really need to have any of my own. I'm trying to learn how to be a good brother and son and uncle. That keeps me busy enough. But uh, Noah. Noah is going to turn 10 this month, uh, my sister Nancy's son. And I, I, I watch my sister. She's an amazing mother. 
I've learned so much from watching her. But when she told me, as he was going through his development up to this point, she was trying to protect him from some of the things that she feared for him. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she'd be like, no, I don't think you should do that. Like, his, his favorite color is red. Right. You know, and he would see like these really loud red shoes, uh, orange red shoes at the store. And she'd be like, I don't know, baby, if you want to wear those because <laughs> at school, you know, there might be some issues or whatnot. And I watched her and I remember coming back and we, we talked about it. And she said that she had to learn that she has to allow her son to live and to figure things out. And she's still doing it. She's a mom. Right. You know, they're always going to care for us. Uh, and like I said, she does an excellent job. But the reason that I bring that up is watching my nieces and my nephews, in particular Noah, has challenged me so much as an adult. Because there's moments where sometimes I want to protect them. And sometimes I feel as my development has formed me in such a way that I think he should do something that I have to say, stop. I need to allow Noah to be Noah. Exactly. So what he's not about to be 10 I need to allow Noah to figure things out, to decide what he likes, to, to have those confrontations and be able to, to joust internally of what's the best way to handle it. And I go back to an earlier comment that I made, but I, I think that's the beauty of children. They remind us of how we should live and what we should be. Um, but so many times, like I said, when I meet adults that are in these horrible situations or going through things, they only come back to those moments in traumatic instances where they don't have any other options. And now they can be vulnerable. Right. And so, um, as Philip said, one of my, one of my daily practices that if I'm honest, I haven't been doing well is I, I, I would wake up and I would meditate mm -hmm. and I would use that time with burning the incense and centering myself to get in line with Drew. Who am I? What type of energy do I have before the noise starts, mm -hmm. before I go out here and somebody says they project what they need from me and responsibilities of days begin? How can I unload those things that would weigh me down? How can I take this off? And in some ways, how can I? I don't have a better word, so excuse me if this seems uncouth. How can I go about today naked? Because I'm going to tell you, though, as silly as that sounds. When I set aside that time and I'm naked, when I go outside into everything else, mm -hmm. I notice that people crave that and they latch on to that and they want more of that. Right. It's almost as if we put on this false sense of self that we can, you know, continue on in front of everyone else. But internally, that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm at my best when I'm naked. <laughs> I love that. I, I I love that that term that you use because I think that's that's so true. It's like we're stripping down, you know, during that time that we're taking for ourselves. And when I'm at my best, when I'm when I'm naked too, in that in that way, because and that's what actually one thing that I preached with my coaching is is taking that time because if you you know if you're not at your best, how can you be at your best in your relationships and everything else that you're going to do? Um, you're, you're just not going to be. And unfortunately, uh, we just get caught up in that rhythm of, of forgetting to get naked, you know, because of, of life happening. So I, I think I, I said something today. I was like, you know, life is happening. 
you know, you can either happen with it or you can, ha- you know, like you can take control in a way that, you know, you are, you are the, the driver of it. And I think we often fall victim to the passenger seat or even the back seat of it because of other things that are going on. I mean, I know a lot of people that have full plates of stuff. Um, and once you kind of get into that rhythm, you forget about you, you, you maybe even you've experienced that nakedness before, but you're so caught up into this new overwhelmed feeling that you forget what that even feels like. So it's kind of almost like what you're saying is like, I think that's what people are getting molded throughout their lives. They forget what it feels like to be a child and being that naked. And that's why it's so amazing to be around children. Like you said, like I'm an uncle too, but I don't, I don't have nephews, but I have nieces and I just see the, the life that it is inside them and the, the joy of, of life that we often forget about. We take for granted because we're on that, that hustle of trying to get by, whether it's paying our bills or these different things. And we forget about actually that's, that's where the magic is right there. And I actually said a word, um, a word of the, the year. So I did this last year. I said, started it out where I picked a word that I wanted to define the year. Last year was elevate, but this year was rejoice mm. because I just thought whatever goals that I'm trying to do in life and, and if I'm channeling joy, childlike joy into my days along the journey, there's no rush. I, and, and if there's no rush, then you, you win because at the end of the day, you're happy. So I think, I think a lot of times we forget about the, the simplicity of, of channeling that nakedness and that joy into our lives because, I mean, even, even to go a little bit further, what you said before is I feel like school or even from birth, but even school, they, it trains us to be a certain way, even as, as men or just people in general. Like you go to school, you get a job, get married, have kids buy a house, et cetera. It's, it's trying to set the format for you without you even being able to have a say in it. So if this is the format and you don't follow that format, you almost feel like that's a letdown to the people that raised you, even a letdown to yourself, because even as men, and I, and I think this, maybe you guys can agree with this is I've often felt this pressure to provide of, you know, when I'm dating a, a woman or something like that, it's, if I'm not successful and I can't take care of that person, it gets me, it gets to me in like a, in a greater way to where I don't feel like I'm enough. And I've, and I've had that happen in my past relationships where I see how I, I let that affect me. So then when you aren't feeling like enough, you are basically in this mode of trying to feel like enough and doing whatever you need to do in that way but you really are enough the way you are now. Yeah, That's the thing. So I think we often forget because men, you know, we were, you know, deemed as the providers and from, it's almost from the moment that we come out of the womb in that way. It's like men provider, women, this, and even though there's some, some greater equality now, there's still something about that, even from, you know, all the way, you know, from the first humans, it's like men went out and provided, you know, even though like, you know, women 
were part of the mix, but men, that was their job. And I think it's like in our internal instincts to, to provide. All right, guys. Actually, I think this is a good place to wrap today. Um, covered a lot, and I mean a lot of different things, or maybe not that many different things, but they were dense. So for that reason, I don't want to overload everybody listening in right now. Hopefully you made it to the end of this. Um, so if you want the part two that goes along with this, yes, there is more. Okay. What do they say in the commercials? But wait, there's more exclusive offer. You know, no, um, there is more to this episode. If you'd like to hear part two, let me know. And I will give that to you guys next week. Um, but besides getting a part two to this, if you want it, there will also be an episode on Thursday for our normal release of bachelor Thursday. Um, that's going to be a great uh, episode. We're going to be talking about body positivity, which is super important, especially in summer. Cause every, that's when I feel like a lot of people shaded for their body. So definitely tune in Thursday morning uh, for that episode. Um, which is another episode we're going across the pond. We'll be in Sweden or yeah, we'll be in Sweden. I'm, I'm going to do the accent because why not? Um, Please, if you're Swiss, don't butcher me for this. I, I'm sorry. I tried my best. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening to. And this one, I'm going to, this is extra homework. Share this episode with one person you know personally. Um, doesn't have to be a friend. Could be a family member or a coworker. Uh, like I said, I just think this is a super important episode that more people need to hear and be a part of. If not, for them to actualize, at least to get them to start on the journey of opening up and just expressing and getting to know themselves because there's nothing more important than making sure that your mind is right and that you're comfortable in your own skin. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. And I I know you're sad that there were no quickie questions or lightning round today, but when you ask for part two, because I know you all are going to like tune in, you're going to be like, Josh, where's it at? Drop it, drop it, drop it. When you hear part two, you will get the quickie questions and maybe some more little bonus content that uh, I'm going to throw out your way. I will see all you beautiful bachelors and bachelorettes on Thursday. <laughs>